Welcome back to the Not Your Mama podcast. This is your host, Kelly Bryant, and today we are rebroadcasting an episode from just over a year ago called Progress Your Progressive Overload Workouts. That is episode 32, and we are going to be revisiting this episode because it talks about why strength training is good for you and kind of how to continue to get stronger with strength training versus kind of just doing like random workouts, showing up at the studio and and doing whatever the instructor says to do. We're going to be talking about what delayed onset muscle soreness is and why it's a sign of progress, why it's important to continue to change things up to keep progressing, how to make sure that you're getting a well-rounded workout, why tracking your progress is super valuable and how to effectively change things up to keep progressing. So I'm excited to bring this to you once again. Let's get into the episode. Welcome back to the Not Your Mama podcast. This is your host, Kelly Bryant, creator and founder of Kelly Bryant Wellness, certified personal trainer, yoga instructor, Pilates instructor, bar instructor, and overall just busy lady. Today, we're going to be talking about progressive overload strength training and progressive overload in general. We're going to be getting um, a little bit nerdy, but it was important to me to cover this topic because I think a lot of people don't explain why their programs work, right? They're just like, do this thing, sign up for this thing, do whatever I tell you because I say so. And they don't explain why they're telling you what to do or why why they're telling you to do the things they're telling you to do why they work. And so I thought it would be really helpful to just break down like why train in a certain way, why train in the way that I train people, um, what you get out of it and kind of give you some understanding so that you can actually make your own decisions about these things. I'm going to assume for today's purposes that you uh, do not have like a degree in exercise science or physiology or kinesiology or any of those things. And you actually don't really know uh, why exercise is good for you and why it works and what, what the point is. So that's where we're going to be departing from today. This is again, a little bit dry, a little bit nerdy. I feel like I've said this every episode for several weeks. I promise I'm going to get someone exciting on the podcast again. Don't worry. Um, And if this is coming out immediately following a guest episode, please don't take it personally guest. I'm recording a bunch in a row that are all dry and boring. Um, so we'll see where it gets slated in the end, but the, this again, it's so important to understand these things because when you are bought into a system or a process, you're much more likely to stick with it. And when you stick with it, you're much more likely to get the results and I'll explain why. So first, hopefully everyone has had the experience before of doing some kind of an activity and then feeling sore afterward, right? So maybe the activity was like a new strength program. You like went to this new fitness class and you did the workout and you were super sore the next day. Or maybe it was like, you know, hiking or walking around like you were on vacation, you were walking all day and you were sore the next day. That soreness is an indication that your body is getting stronger, actually. So it um, it can feel a little bit like the soreness is a bad sign, like it means that something has gone wrong. And in fact, what it means is that, you know, say you do a workout on Monday and then you're sore on Tuesday, Wednesday, you're not sore anymore on Thursday. What that means is that on Monday, 
you exceeded your muscle's current capacity. And so on Tuesday and on Wednesday, the muscles actually were like covered in these like micro tears. They were like damaged literally from the work that you did. And that damage requires that your body build up more muscle. Your body sends resources to those muscles to repair them. And in the process, it makes the muscles bigger, stronger, and more capable. So then by Thursday, you know, maybe it's like a 1% change or less than 1%, but progressively over and over again, you're getting stronger and stronger. Now, Let's think about what obviously is going to happen if you think of someone who like does manual labor for a living or if you've ever been guilty of like learning one workout routine and then doing it every time you go to the gym forever. What you very quickly will find is that your body adapts. Your body gets better at doing that thing. So maybe I get sore on Monday from that activity. I'm sore for two or three days. And then I'm, you know, I feel good. The next Monday I do it again. Maybe I'm like a little bit sore for like a day or two. And then that goes away. And then I do it the following Monday. And maybe I don't feel sore at all. That is my body getting stronger. However, if I just keep doing that exact same workout, same number of reps, same exercises, same weights, I will plateau. I will not get any stronger from continuing to do that activity. Same thing holds true for cardio exercise too, which this is one of the biggest um, myths in the gym is like the calorie count that your exercise bike gives you is complete bullshit. That that number is one based on like a lot of assumptions about, you know, even if you go in and you actually do put your, your gender, your height, your weight, all of those things, it's still an assumption about your overall cardiovascular fitness level. If you are brand new, you've never done a spin class before, the first time you go and do that spin class, you're actually going to get a much harder workout. You're going to burn more calories the first time you do it because your body has not learned how to do that thing. However, if you go to spin class twice a week, every week for years, you will very quickly see that you get way better at it. And that's probably why you keep going because you're like, yay, this isn't that hard anymore. However, you're not building or pardon me, you're not burning the calories on spin class number 37 that you burned on spin class number one. So that calorie burn is BS. And it's one of the reasons that I don't recommend steady state cardio because your body's just going to continually adapt and get better and better at that. And you're not actually going to get the same like perceived benefits that you think you're getting the more you do it. You, your body adapts And we are trying to create adaptation, but hand in hand with continuing to work hard and see that our body is getting better at something, we then have to change the something that we do so that we're continually pushing that difficulty level and your body is getting stronger. So one of the easiest, fastest ways to make something more difficult is to just increase the weight. You do the exact same movements, the exact same rep counts, and just pick up more weight. And then you'll still find that maybe you can go heavier and heavier on that thing, but you're more likely to have imbalances or or, um, weaknesses because you're not mixing up that routine. So maybe you get really good at doing a squat, 
but you never get any better at doing a deadlift. And then you start to have all this quad dominance because you're building these super strong quads. You have knee pain and hip flexor issues and all these other things because you're not getting a well-rounded workout. You'll also find that if you solely focus on one aspect of your strength, like just your ability to lift really heavy, then maybe you might not be getting the mobility benefits or the power benefits. Power is like your ability to exert force quickly. So you might not be getting the like fast twitch, powerful muscle fibers. You might not be getting the cardiovascular benefits. So progressive overload, when we apply it in the context of like a well-rounded fitness program, you're going to be repeating things for a period of time. And that is called, wait for it, periodization. So periodization is this idea of you have I'll like kind of scale it from like very zoomed in to very zoomed out. You have an individual workout. And if you want to get really micro within an individual workout, you have an individual exercise or an individual set of exercises. So you have your, your reps, sets, and exercises in a certain workout. And then you have a workout on the whole, and then you have a week. Most people train in weeks. Obviously that's not necessary, right? You could train in series is series <laughs> in a series of four days or in a series of 10 days or something. If you wanted to be a lunatic and like exercise on a metric scale. Um, but most people organize their workouts into weeks and then you organize your weeks into phases and four to six weeks is a common phase period. And for me within Kelly Bryant wellness, I always organize people into five week phases that are four weeks on and one week of recovery. Most, I wouldn't say most, many trainers do not put in as much recovery as I do, but obviously coming in from a yoga background and things, I put more recovery time in. So if we're thinking about a phase and everything I just explained, you might have, you know, say your lower body day, your lower body workout, you have, you know, five sets of eight reps, you're going for strength. So you do that for four weeks. Every Monday you do lower body and you do the same exercises or similar variations of the same exercise. So you might do a deadlift one week and then the next week you might do a straight leg deadlift or a single leg deadlift, but it's going to be a deadlift no matter what. And probably it's going to be just a straight up deadlift for all four weeks. And then you have an off week and that off week is your time to like really recover and nurture those legs and be like, all right, guys, are we ready to go into the next phase? And then you're going to go into a new five week phase where you might be doing the same or similar exercises, but maybe now you're training for power. So you're going to do them like quickly with more explosive movements and you might have a different rep count. Maybe you're doing four sets of 10. So you would change the focus of the workout, still working within similar exercises, but maybe you're making those changes. Like instead of a deadlift, you do a straight leg deadlift, or instead of a squat, you do a lunge or something like that. To be honest, there's not that many different types of movement. And I'll circle back to that in a moment. And then you might go into another phase where, you know, you do five weeks and then you do your next five week phase is going to be endurance. And so you're going to do the same movements, but now you're going to do 15 or 20 reps And you're going to do much lighter weight and build up your endurance. And now we've got this larger period, which some people will call that a cycle. Everyone uses different words, but we'll call that a a period. And then we take that now 15 week period and we might then 
have our next period where we go back through those same three phases, strength, power, endurance, but we change the exercises again. So progressively over the course of three or four periods or a year, you're going to get much stronger and much better because every time you get back to that strength phase, say you're doing a squat, 15 weeks later, we come back and do a squat again. It will blow your mind how much stronger you are. So this is why it's so important to be doing progressive overload strength training because you are going to get stronger often faster than you realize. And I frequently tell people, I don't know what the exact number is, but I read this one time and it like really stuck that the first, say, 12 weeks or four weeks or whatever, that you're doing a new movement, you're not training your muscles, you're actually training your brain. So for me, it was a pull-up. It took me hanging on that effing bar so many times to even figure out the coordination of a new exercise. And obviously this isn't going to apply for most of us with squats, but if you've, say, been out on your ass injured and then you go back to do a deadlift, you're going to have weeks and weeks and weeks of deadlifting the same weight and feeling sore and feeling like you can't get any stronger. And then you'll, you know, go through another cycle and another cycle and you'll come or another um, phase and you'll come back and be like, holy crap, my deadlift is way stronger because for the first however long you were just figuring out the brain part of it. And then once your brain gets it, then we're really training muscles and the muscles will get stronger fast, faster than you think. So that is like a rough overview of how periodization or progressive overload strength training works. And again, that applies whether you're looking at, and we all know this, right? Like from, you know, running, if you've ever followed like a couch to 5k program, you start off and you're like, oh my God, I can't do like a one minute on, you know, one minute run, one minute walk or one minute jog, one minute walk for 10 minutes. I'm like totally gassed. And then you progressively build that ability up. And theoretically you could keep building and building and building and getting faster and building your endurance and getting better at that. That applies across the spectrum. But often we'll make this mistake where we are, I think this is particularly women, but in general, anybody you know who's new to the gym may make this mistake where you're not tracking your weights and you're just like, I don't know, I picked up what felt like hard enough for that exercise one time and then I just picked up that weight every time forever more and you're not going to get stronger that way. So that is such an essential part of this is doing the same movements routinely enough that your body is seeing them and being like, oh, okay, Kelly wants me to get better at doing lunges. Let me actually like send some resources here to the legs and get better at doing lunges. And this is where I also have to like throw a little shade to my personal love, which is yoga and Pilates, right? So the yoga and Pilates in general group fitness, like maybe that's like Zumba for you, it does not integrate progressive overload most of the time. So for, you know, for like a cardio class, like a Zumba or something, maybe you start off and you're like not doing any of the jumps or you're going a little bit slower or you're not going like full out all of the movements and you're still like totally exhausted, hitting really high heart rate numbers. 
right off the bat. And you, there is some progressive overload kind of naturally built in because every week when you go back, maybe you add in the jumps or you go a little bit harder and you move a little faster or you go like you get the arms going with the movements because you've learned the footing. So this isn't universally true. You're going to naturally have that same thing happening in a yoga class where maybe you don't do any of the vinyasas the first time you go to a vinyasa class and then over time you do more and more. But often when we go to group fitness classes, they have like a one-off focus. Like today we're learning crow pose, today we're learning handstand, today we're learning this, today we're learning that. And those things don't necessarily build because you're bouncing between, between instructors, your instructor is bouncing between topics. So you're not actually getting enough exposure to any one thing to actually get better at it. So you might get like way better at something like down dog or chaturanga because it's in every single class. But if you go to yoga class and you're like, you know, taught this crazy arm balance one time and then you never see it again, you're not going to get any better at doing that thing. And then you see it again three months later and your brain is going to it's going to be like you're doing it for the first time again. So I love group fitness classes. It is my it is where my fitness journey began. It is still my favorite thing to do movement-wise, but it does not and, it, and it's great for your brain to be learning and practicing new movement patterns, right? So one of the things I don't love about Pilates and I don't teach um kind of traditional Pilates for this reason. So it's the same exercises over and over and over again. And specifically within the context of the, you know, modern lifestyle, it's also exercises that most of us don't need to be doing a ton of, like lots of crunches, but that's besides the point. Um, it, you're not actually getting stronger over time or getting better at certain movements over time because you're not seeing them frequently enough. So When I built out my new um, postpartum program, which this is kind of like my intermediate level postpartum, reclaim as my beginner, like you just got back from being pregnant, this is how like you're going to rebuild. And then strong as a mother is exactly what it sounds like. It is a strength and conditioning based program that's designed with progressive overload in mind, getting better and better and better at each exercise and getting stronger and using heavier weights and changing up the rep counts and changing the focus every phase. It is the cat's pajamas. It is like exactly, but then we also have a yoga class a week, a core class a week, maybe a cardio class. Like, so there's, it's four workouts a week and two of them are progressive overload strength training. And two of them are some combination of metabolic conditioning or cardio and core and yoga. So it's like the, oh my God, my brain is so bored of counting these same reps over and over again. This isn't fun. It solves that because it's not just the progressive overload strength training, but it also has the the underlying consistency in the strength training so that you're actually seeing yourself get stronger. And the other nice thing is like one issue that you will see, you know, if you go like to bodybuilding.com or something and find a strength training program. It's going to be four or five days a week with splits that are like back and biceps, chest, squat focus day, deadlift focus day, whatever. And those are not going to be mixed in with like stretching, with 
recovery work with cardio, it's like all strength training all the time. So it's nice to have that nice mix of things. And then the last thing I wanted to touch on today is just how overcomplicated we make our strength training. So of course, I love for people to come strength train with me and to do something like strong as a mother, where I just tell you what to do and you don't have to think about it. But in the, in the interest of creating critical thinkers and like being able to look at and evaluate a program that you might be thinking about doing, there's certain key movements that we want to be seeing in every workout program. For the lower body, it's squat and deadlift. And deadlift is, is hip hinging in general. So like a hip press would be a hip hinge. Um, there's some things you can do like on the TRX that are not a deadlift, but are will get that same focus. Anything hamstring focused. So things like um, glute bridges are, are a hip hinge technically. Um, and then we have a squat. So a squat could also be a lunge, a lunge or a split squat or um, a step up on a bench or something. Those are all different variations on a squat or a squat pattern. Um, so you can like look at those movements, right? So if you look at a deadlift, go Google it if you don't know what that means. Or a squat, what do we see? We see like the knees bending. We see the hips dropping back as if you're getting in a chair, et cetera, et cetera. So you can just then overlay that movement over different exercises like a lunge, like a split squat, like a step up and see, oh, okay, I see how that's a squat movement pattern. Or I can see how a deadlift and a glute bridge are cousins, right? They're not siblings, but they're cousins. They're related. Um, And then you have uh, like chest. So bench press is kind of like your default chest movement, but push-ups are also in that category. Um, Lots of things that you can do like a floor press or alternating presses or any, any of those kinds of things. And then you have kind of like accessory work within chest, which is like flies or things like that. A row. So your row is your primary back exercise that you want to get in there. And then there's a bunch of different like kind of what else you want to include here. Like for me, it's usually an overhead day or pattern where I want to see an overhead press and a lat pull down, like a pull up and a push up. Those two movement patterns are really essential for people who hold babies all day or sit at a desk with their hands, you know, kind of extended in front of them. So for me, it's that overhead movement is kind of the last super important one that I want to see in a training program. There's other things, right? So some people would include like a a carry where you're, you know, holding weight and walking with it or, um, you know, like full body pushing like a sled or pulling or things like that. But for me, that's it. And then everything else just fits within that somewhere. Oh, I didn't say kettlebell swings. Kettlebell swings are another hip hinge movement. So that that falls under your deadlift category. So again, that was like a really rough overview. But if you're looking at a strength training program and you're evaluating it or you're building your own strength training program, you want to make sure that you're hitting those areas. Squat, uh, deadlift or hip hinge, a press, like a chest press, pull like a row and then something overhead, your overhead press or your, um, lat pull down or push pull up, um, or both a combination of the two. So that's it. I hope that you've enjoyed coming to exercise 101 and that you now have like a better idea of 
why, why are you the way you are, of why I am the way I am, why I am teaching what I am teaching. If you are one of my Strong as a Mother members, or if you're interested in learning more about Strong as a Mother, that is why it was built this way, so that you're getting both the progressive overload and the like in, you know, the mental challenge and the fun of being in group exercise classes um, and the variety in for your body, like for actual physical benefit to have the variety as well. Um, if you have questions about this, let me know. I'm happy to talk more about the, the nerdy technical side of things, if that's something that interests y'all. Um, and I can't wait to talk to you next week. I hope you enjoyed listening to that replay from uh, 2021. And I want to invite you to go join the invite list for Strong as a Mother Live. So if you are interested in continuing to get stronger and stronger, if this all sounds great, but you kind of want someone else to do the programming for you, amazing. Come join Strong as a Mother Live. Right now, the invite list is open. So it's going to be launching in July by invite only. So I want to make sure that the people who I'm inviting into the program understand what it is, understand what it's about. So it is going to be by invite only. You can go now to the link in the show notes to get on the invite list. Can't wait to see you there.